Welcome to Coast to Ghost. I'm Carly. And I'm Charlie. We tackle some of the world's coolest true crime and paranormal mysteries. I break down true crime murder mystery cases. And I bring you the history behind some of the scariest enigmas the world has ever seen. Welcome back, guys! Yeah, it's been literally two months. We said it was going to be one month, and it was two. (laughs) But season two is here, baby! Yeah, and there's like a million and ten changes that that we made within these two months, aside from getting shit-faced drunk, like, across the country for the last, <laughs> what, 30 days? Yeah, I have a busy month. Same, same. We, well, I moved. That was really fun. Um, I don't recommend moving into a place that has stairs, especially when there's only <laughs> two of you moving everything up said stairs. Uh, yikes. Yeah, I just I had a bachelorette party, had a wedding. So, that sounds all amazing. in like a span of three weeks. And they were all in different states, so. Yeah, you would like send me Snapchats and I'd be like, is this motherfucker ever going home? Like, what is no, happening? No, I feel like I was never home for the month of May. No, I don't, I actually don't think you were at all. No, for 100% for two weeks, I was in three different states that, two weeks straight, I was in three different states that were not the state I live in. That honestly, it sounds so exhausting. I can go somewhere for like maybe a week and then I'll be tapped out. I'm ready to go back home. Honestly, I'm good now. My life's like back on its normal sketch. Did you Probably just not sketch? very long. Yeah. Sketch. My sketch. Yeah. All right. So housekeeping yeah some really fun housekeeping stuff i don't this is so weird because we've never had a chance to do this before like we've never had to housekeep i hear it on all the podcasts and we've never done it yeah we'll get some changes i'll let i'll let you take it away for the exciting one Uh, so the obvious change is that I don't go by B anymore, which is super fun. Um, Drum roll, please. I go by Charlie, which you guys can tell from everything. Um, I started going by Charlie in, like, my personal life, and all my friends and family have been super supportive about it, so we figured we would change it over to the podcast, too. Um, So now it flows a little bit better, I think. So Carly and Charlie. Yeah, we're six, still yeah. the same people, just different different name. Mine's still Carly. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> did you did keep your name. I like your name, so <laughs> it's okay. Our formatting's gonna be a little different than our season one. Instead of both of us telling a story each an episode, we're just gonna stick to alternating between one one week, one the next week. So we just have one story per episode. Yeah, this is actually going to be super cool for you guys, mainly because we, a lot of the time when we were researching last season, it was really hard for us to cut out certain information that we thought was pertinent just to keep uh, with the time of the episode that we had. So now we can put more research into it, talk to more people, hopefully, and um, get you guys everything that you need to know instead of shortening it. And then the last change that we have for you guys today, because we don't want to overwhelm you, is our website is live. Um, It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it is linked in our description. Uh, There will be some changes to it probably uh, here soon or over time as we get better hang of what we're doing. 
Um, but if you ever want a place to find all the episodes in one spot, along with us, our sources, you can go to that website that's going to be linked in the description of every episode. Definitely check it out, guys. Yeah, I worked really hard on it. <laughs> she did. Yeah, and okay. yeah, our uh, cover changed. I don't know if we yes, talked yes. about that. That was really fun. We struggled with that for Charlie designed it. So I did. It yeah. looks amazing. I've gotten lots of compliments about it. I'm so glad because no one said a word around me. <laughs> oh. Um, and then we're kinda we're sort of keeping questions, but spicing it up a little bit, adding a little touches of other things. For example, I'm gonna bring in a this day in history, true crimey, hopefully paranormal day so i looked up the stand history topics from this week starting sunday to saturday and i think the one that stood out to me the most was this day in history on june 12th 1994 nicole brown simpson was found dead you're kidding me so if you guys don't know who that is she is the ex-wife of former professional football player oj simpson that man i have opinions that i won't get into. yeah i feel like it's a very controversial case that is known like worldwide and it just so happened to fall on this week in history i really wish i did you ever watch uh, oj versus the people the dramatic retelling i've seen it at least three times um amazing totally recommend it to anybody i don't know how true it is to the actual case um but it is really really good and i'm not a big david schwimmer fan but me either crushed it as rob kardashian i will say that i did i did hear that yeah he did really well but yeah we won't go too much into that case because it could potentially pop up in our future endeavors yeah Oh, yeah, that might have to be a two-parter if anybody wants to do that. Yeah. That is a massive case. Um, And then the question I have for this week is if you could pick three people to have dinner with at Dead or Alive, who would they be? Emily Dickinson. (laughs) (laughs) No hesitation in that. I really just want to sit down and talk to her. Um... Man, I came in too strong with my first one. Um, Betty White, I think I really would want to have dinner with her. She seems Me like too. a cool Me too, lady. Me 100%. Right? Everything she stands for, I love. I think she would be one of my three as well. Exactly. And then, uh, just to be annoying, Scarlett Johansson, because uh, she's hot. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Mix. Um... I'm not gonna lie. I think I totally would want Jean Benet Ramsey. Okay. Oh, you went practical with it. Got it. But Betty White too. Okay. Yeah. She'd be so nice to and, John. And honestly, I'm just gonna be like, "Yo, tell me what happened." Yeah. I want the truth. That's all. That's all we want. Oh yeah. Um. Hmm. Who would my third person be? It's a hard question, right? It's weird being on the know, other end, feel- huh? Yeah. <laughs> the third? Hmm. I'm so sorry. You know, maybe I should think about my answers, like, before I come up with this question. Oh, I never thought about my answers. I just went for it. <laughs> There's just so many people. Ooh. 
because obviously my obvious answer is like Taylor Lautner but like at the same time I want somebody dead because I want to ask them questions you know what I feel like if you want to go that route um hmm. and there's so many like obvious ones like you know you but then at the same time like I don't know you know. know what I think I would want to interview Kaylee Anthony or sit with Kaylee Anthony. Mm. That's another one. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard question. That's why I said Scarlett Johansson. I think she yeah. got along with Emily Dickinson. And they're both so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm saying Taylor Lautner Because, like, I just can't think of any... Like, my brain just went blank about... Everybody in the history of the world who's died. For some reason, my brain was like Hitler. And then I was like, no, why would I want to eat a meal with Hitler? no. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to stop thinking about this because I'm taking up time. (laughs) That was a good question. That was a really good first question. I'm proud of you. Yeah, comment who you guys would choose to eat dinner with. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, shoot us a DM. Let us know. Yeah. I, I truly want to know what people say because you can go so many routes with this question. Right. And it's like, you know, I could have I could have Taylor Lautner and JonBenet Ramsey at the same table and it would satisfy two different parts of my life. Exactly. It'd be perfect. <laughs> what do you have for us this week? Yeah, so uh, now that the housekeeping is out of the way, I think we should start off with what you guys came here for, which was a super spooky story. And recipes. I, <laughs> you said rest in peace. <laughs> recipes. This recipes. This week we're gonna make chili, you guys. We're gonna make chili, you guys. Okay, what you really came here for? Yeah, was a story. And um, like we said in the intro, I am actually gonna focus more on history because that's where my story has actually led us last time. So today I am gonna talk about a case of the Cottingley Fairies. And that was the time that two little girls fooled the entire world into thinking that they had real-life contact with a colony of mythical creatures. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, paranormal side on this one. Our story starts 105 years ago, 1917, in the small village of Cottingley, which is located in Yorkshire, England. Nine-year-old Frances Griffith, which I knew I was going to butcher. I'm so bad (laughs) at saying Griffith. She had moved from South Africa and began her stay with her aunt. There, Frances was kept company by her 16-year-old cousin, Elsie Wright. The home was known as a peaceful place and was complete with a small stream at the bottom of the garden. There, they dreamed of a world unknown, often telling their mothers that they were visiting fairies. Bunch of liars. I don't believe them. You I don't? know the story just started. No. Think, oh, about, think about the stuff I used to tell my parents. Like... <laughs> was that you saw fairies yeah i probably did i was probably like they're probably like carly who are you playing with oh my fairies <laughs> yeah my exactly goodwill was playing with the chunks of air floating around me. <laughs> chunks of air floating <laughs> around yep <laughs> i meant dust but yep. air came into my head <laughs> no it's perfect that's probably what fairies are <laughs> 
<laughs> to prove their claims, Elsie borrowed her father Arthur's camera. He was a hobbyist and found a joy in photography to the point of setting up his own dark room. When Elsie and Francis returned from the creek with the camera, he humored them by developing the photo that they took. The picture is now infamous. Elsie is laying on her stomach in underbrush, and in front of her is four fairies, all in various positions. Once you see these photos, which, by the way, I'm assuming Carly's never seen these photos before. <laughs> um, no. They're very interesting. Like, it's it's weird. I will say that. And we'll obviously Wait, post the I, photos. Like, look up the picture now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely look up Cottingly Fairies. Oh, you mean these toys that they have uh-huh. in front of them? Mm-hmm. Okay, But mind on. you, this is 1917. Um, it still doesn't look believable, but it looks pretty cool. Like, I will say. It's a cute photo, it's but awesome. it's, like, very obvious they're not real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And so, Arthur applauded Elsie's creativity and let the girls borrow his camera again. This time, the photo was of Elsie reaching for a one-foot gnome. Arthur had had enough. He figured that his daughter and his niece were tampering with the camera in some way, and he refused to lend it to the girls after that moment. Elsie's mother, however, believed that the photos were authentic and leaned into the idea that fairies were in the back garden. I'm, like, speechless because if you look at the photo, the first thing that comes to my head is their toys. Right. Exactly. But... the thing about this is, um, and I did not put this on my research, so, like, forgive me if it's a little spotty, but the thing is, is, um, at that moment, Arthur was like, these girls are fucking with me. So he went into their room, and at the time, they found absolutely zero evidence. They weren't toys that had been bought from the kids so far. Um, Arthur thought they were physically drawing on the lens, and that's why he took the camera away. Um, and throughout this entire thing, he stayed skeptical, but Elsie's mother was like, oh my god, fairies! The mother's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I'm sorry. Like, I just am. I'm speechless because. Oh no! It gets so much worse. It's gonna get so much worse for you if you're shocked by this. It's gonna get so oh, much no. worse. Yeah. I can feel so... my stomach in knots already. The first time the photos were mentioned to anyone outside of the family was when Frances wrote to a friend who resided in Cape Town, South Africa. She had enclosed a photo of her with the fairies, writing, It is funny. I never used to see them in Africa. It must be too hot for them down there. (laughs) The slow blink that I just got. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like... kind of makes me, like, hate children. Well, to me, when I was researching this, I was like, you know what? They're just kids at this point, and they probably just think this is funny. Like, you know, they're just running with it. They're probably a little bit of an assholes. So yeah, but the letters saying it's too hot in South Africa for them. Exactly. If I could fake fairies, though, I think I would send you a letter like that. I could be like, look at these fairies, and you'd be like, I literally watch you Photoshop these. So from there, things remain quiet until the following year in 1919 when Elsie's mother attended a meeting for the the Theosophical Society, which I will butcher that. Theosophy, I can say that a lot better, Um, but it was a group founded in 1875. The subject of the meeting was fairy life, and that prompted Elsie's mother to present the speaker with the photographs her daughter had taken, perhaps pridefully. I'd be so embarrassed if I... Oh, my God, if I were her. Oh, it's oh gonna gosh. get worse. 
That's like, I'm just thinking, okay, I'm looking at like my Chewbacca Build-A-Bear right across from me right now. As you should. And it, Existential crisis, looking at Chewbacca. Got it. And it's like, if imagine me taking a picture of my Chewbacca Build-A-Bear. And I'm like, he's real. <laughs> he's right here in this picture with me. He's real. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't pass today. And I don't. I kind of understand why it passed back then. Um, and I'll get more into that too because it's I don't so freaking wild. I think they're all <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I you know, I will fully agree. And this is gonna get you're gonna get so angry by the end of this podcast. I'm I so I'm it. so angry already. Yeah, it's gonna get so much worse for you. So a leading member of the society, Edward Gardner, practiced theosophy, which is defined as any number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasies, uh, ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations. Um, which, if that sounds too clinical for you, it's essentially the belief that mythical creatures are an act of God. Um, and that can get you towards that. It's very similar to um, the spiritualist movement in the United States, which was happening between the 1840s all the way to the 1920s um we did touch on that a little bit in the bloody benders episode from season one if you guys want to check that out um it was a time filled with uh seances and like people who paid a lot of money for psychics uh and people who were really interested in the paranormal and mythical so creatures. now you're telling me these people are like yeah cosmo and wanda will get you closer to god yep yeah. Not believable. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I agree. And it's weird because through my research, all the people that like fell for this, they were Are very, stupid. sorry. <laughs> well, yes, but like they were very <laughs> well respected in their communities, um, which is why I can kind of understand um, what's going to happen. It was a lot of weird, like combinations of circumstances that got to where it is. <laughs> So Edward was skeptical, but also extremely excited because these photos could work in the favor of theosophy. So he sent the photos and their original glass plate negatives to Harold Schelling, a photography expert, in hopes of proving their validity. While he did not confirm that these were fairies, he did state, these are straightforward photographs of whatever was in front of the camera at the time. Schelling wholeheartedly believed that no doctoring had occurred to the image after it was taken. Which doesn't really say anything. I'm so speechless because I'm so frustrated with these people. Like, I literally just want to take them by their head and shake them. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't blame you. And he's not wrong. Like, genuinely. No, and he's not wrong. He's very truthful, but he's being sneaky about it. Yeah, he is. He definitely is. Like, he's like, I know I know they're toys, but I'm not going to say they're toys. I'm just going to say, this is the original photo. Hasn't been doctored. Exactly. And he wasn't, I mean, a theosophy person. Um, but this gave Edward the green light to run with this. He had more prints produced and supplied them to active theosophy members that gave lectures as solid proof of supernatural life. The news of real fairies spread quickly and actually caught the attention of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah? Uh-huh. For anybody who doesn't know, that is the creator of famed <laughs> investigator Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I told you it was going to piss you off. I told you. Did you believe After it? Doyle was asked to write a piece on fairies for the spiritualist publication, he contacted Edward Gardner and to get more information on the photos in June of 1920. This is when he Doyle and it. Gardner went to another expert from a company this time, Kodak. Oh my god. <laughs> So while Kodak also declined to issue a certificate of authenticity, they did agree with uh, Schelling that the photos had not been doctored in any way, shape, or form. So Kodak was like, okay, they're toys. But Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was like, fairies? Well, they didn't say that either. They just said, we don't know what's in the photograph, but we, we know that it wasn't altered after the picture was taken. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I don't hate them. Right. I, uh, exactly. <sighs> um, but still refused to author uh, to put an authenticity stamp on it. Cause because I mean, Kodak was like, they, they, these aren't fairies. Yeah, and I do want to remind people that this was a time in England when um, Christianity and like um, Catholicism was also major. Way, way more major than spiritualism and theosophy. Right. So, of course, they're not going to put their name behind that. It's not like the one single guy either. So, I don't know. It's very interesting. Doyle then moved on to show the photos to a psychic, a psychical researcher who is Sir Oliver Lodge, and he believed that the photos were faked, suggesting that the idea that a group of dancers had dressed as fairies for the images and two young girls had worked out a specific type of blocking not yet achieved by anybody. So it's kind of like when people take pictures of toy cars in front of uh, right. grass and it looks like it's bigger than it is. Um, which right. had never been achieved before. It was starting to be achieved, but I mean, regardless, if that were the truth, they'd be like, oh my god, these girls are really talented. Um, I just am so frustrated with this. Like, I can't even explain. Like, if you haven't looked at the picture by this point in the podcast, look at it right now because it'll <laughs> it's, just make it's you very your obvious. It is extremely yes. obvious to us. It is. Um, I don't know if it would be the same in 1917. I feel like I would be less stupid than they are, but I guess I don't know. Maybe I got kicked in the head by a horse in the 1900s, and I don't know the difference between uh, fact or uh, fiction. A toy. Yeah, but a Sir toy, Arthur Conan uh, Doyle should know. Right. Thing. Sherlock Holmes, my butt. <laughs> what kind of detective is he? <laughs> so while Doyle worked on the technical part of things, he sent Gardner to speak with the Wright family. He only got a chance to speak with Elsie at first because by 1920, Francis had moved to Scarborough. Arthur was still convinced that his daughter had faked the entire thing, but Gardner didn't want to give up that easily. He found the family credible and beyond a doubt believed their authenticity. What's the dad's name again? Arthur. Arthur's the only MVP in this story so far. Yeah. I, it's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the only one I have respect for. Yeah, I, you know what? I agree. 
So Gardner wanted to see the area for himself, but Elsie and Francis insisted that the weather wasn't right to see fairies, and they wouldn't appear, appear if others were watching. They were left alone once more and took several photographs that consisted of two-inch fairies interacting with them both. Gardner then sent them to Doyle, who stated, I had your note and the three wonderful pictures, which are confirmatory of our published results. When our fairies are admitted, other psychic phenomenon will find a more ready acceptance. We have had continued messages at seances for some time that a visible sign was coming through. And that was the author of Sherlock Holmes. My head hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm, uh, it's I'm, very interesting. Uh, like... Mm-hmm. So Doyle's article was published in 1917 and referred to the rights as the Carpenters in order to protect their anonymity. While both Doyle and Gardner were excited, the general public had understandably mixed opinions of the photos. Author Maurice Because they were probably smart. Because <laughs> they were probably they smart. Had a, they had this thing called a brain. <laughs> they, they have brain. They have brain thinky time. <laughs> they do. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he's just in it for the paycheck. <laughs> so another I have, I have i have so much beef with him right now i've never seen you this livid before he's sitting at my dinner table wild <laughs> so another famed author maurice hewlett went as far as saying and knowing children and knowing that sir arthur conan doyle has legs i decided that the miss carpenters have pulled one of them yeah that's my favorite quote <laughs> The real MVP. <laughs> Literally ripped him to shreds. <laughs> Gets that tattooed right on my body exactly. right now. And there were so many more authors and poets and people who ran in the same circle circles as Arthur Conan Doyle that were like, you motherfucker, what? Like, like what? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the best quote. I'm, uh, this is like the best story to start season two off with. <laughs> so many believe that the girls were telling the truth and Doyle leaned into the premise using the photographs as the basis for a second article and a book published in 1922 called The Coming of Fairies. One of the main criticisms was the look of the actual fairies who seemed to resemble illustrations from classic nursery books. Facts. Right. Also toys. Yeah. <laughs> so in August of 1921, Gardner made another visit to the Wright family. He brought his own photo equipment and the occultist by the name of Jeffrey Hodson. He claimed to see the fairies all around them, recording his observations. Elsie and Francis were so sick of fairies at this point, having been years since the initial photos that were presented at the Theosophy Convention, that they just went along with whatever Hodson suggested. And there's actually a picture of the two girls with Hodson, and he looks overjoyed. Absolutely fucking bonkers, but overjoyed. <laughs> I just picture them, like, being, like, 18 years old, and you're, like, they're just, like, guys, it's clearly not real. Right? Like, uh, they have other shit to deal with now. <laughs> Right. Like they're not right. What are they like? Thirteen now? They got real life issues. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't until 1983 when both Elsie and Francis admitted to lying about the whole thing. At this point, 1983. So you're telling me they're like 90 years old at this point in time? Mm -hmm, they're pretty old. Yeah. 
Yeah, because at this point, they had lived a good portion of their lives. They both married. They both had children of their own, which also in turn had children of their own. They gave an interview for an article with the publication The Unexplained, and both of them stated that while the photos were faked, they did actually see fairies and still believe in their existence today. Which, honestly, I think is fair. Because, like, they right? were kids at, okay. the, at that point. They're probably like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not but discounting fully the, the say- idea that fairies are real no but just the fact that the fairies in the photo are definitely are not real yes yeah they're definitely not um so elsie had traced images of dancing girls from a book princess mary's gift book before she and francis added wings and situated them with hairpins in order to be photographed before dropping the paper into the creek to dissolve so that is literally all they did it was paper in like paper in front of the lens it wasn't like figures it wasn't dancing girls it was just paper with hairpins wow yeah i'm like staring at the photo it's just paper yeah i mean like and they do resemble nursery rhyme uh like dancers and and illustrations um and that's what i thought the first time i saw them but there's like a haunting thing about them because i honestly applaud their creativity like these two girls creativity i think also with me it's like i have my own perspective on what i believe fairies to look like yeah and to me these don't look like what i if they're real what i think they look like so i think i'm also strayed that way yeah i could see like if but i just these just plain out look freaking fake yeah 100 percent. it was photoshop before photoshop was ever invented it was in the 1920s yeah like that is i'm proud of them kind of it's the same thing of like when people put the hoaxes online today like yeah it's interesting and for another interview with the times the girls stated that they were embarrassed that they had fooled the arthur uh, the arthur the author of sherlock holmes elsie said two village kids and a brilliant man like conan doyle well we could only keep that quiet and i understand at that point um right at that point i feel like you've gone too far that you just have to you have to run with it till you die. Yeah, you have to roll with it. And they 100% did that. Uh, so the photos have actually been put up for auction multiple times. Uh, the original photos and their glass plate negatives, as well as two cameras gifted to Francis and Elsie by Conan Doyle himself. There has since been evidence that Elsie's parents were in on the conspiracy the whole time, as some rougher versions of the original photographs have been published. And it was well, her well dad was like, hell nah. You said what? Her dad was like, hell nah. Yeah, he like, definitely my dad was. was a liar. But I'm wondering if that's because he stuck with it and the mom's like, no, we could run with it. Yeah, I feel like he was like... Especially because she was the one going to the theosophy conventions. Right, yeah. Right. I, I'm pretty sure he just was a happy-go-lucky guy that's just like, leave me alone in my dark room. My fucking daughters yeah. are doing this shit. <laughs> like... Yeah, like... Yeah, like yeah. not a family man. Not, just not a, a guy who liked taking pictures. <laughs> he was just, I'm sure he's great dad. He was just chilling. He just didn't want them to touch their, his camera. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, since this whole entire thing came out, the descendants of both Elsie and Francis want absolutely nothing to do with the photographs. Uh, and they will not speak about it to this day. And I know that it is in the possession of some rich person somewhere in England. And that is about it. The inner, like, bully in me is, like, if I was sitting next to, I don't know, one of their grandkids. And I found out that it was their, like, grandmothers. I'd be like, your grandmother's a liar. 
Your grandmothers are fucking dick. <laughs> Your grandma's a liar. Like, <laughs> why'd she do oh that? God, I mean, like, the initial photos. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm sure I don't really blame the girls as much as I blame the parents, um, specifically Elsie's right. mom, because I'm sure the girls were just fucking around. I used to do stupid shit as a kid. Right, they're just they're just being kids. Yeah, but I feel like as a kid, when it get, you still have a brain as a kid. Like once you see it getting to like a certain part, like a flip, like a switch should flip and be like, no, 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 no. like we faked it, right? Like, like. I'm wondering if Gardner just showed up one day, like, two years after they took the initial photos, and they're just like, hey, how y'all doing? Like, <laughs> by the way, you went viral in the 1900s, so um, let's talk. And then we're they just were probably just overwhelmed it. and just didn't know what to do. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, but that is the story of the Cottingley Fairies and um, how stupid <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was. And I think it's just, like, the whole... I mean, we we see kind of that scenario, like, in today's world as well. One person in pop culture or just in... Absolutely. Some famous person, do. right, says something's real and everybody's like, okay. You get the like, right person just saying the right it. things and the right audience to back them. Exactly, and everybody's going to believe it. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Especially someone who's trying so hard to back that specific evidence. You see it with right. um, like the the equivalent is like those hair growth gummies. Like you get the Kardashians yeah. to back that. People are going to exactly. believe it actually makes your hair grow. I don't know what it does. I don't pay attention to that. It's just wild. And I don't want to say if I had the chance to pull off a hoax like that in the 1900s that I would. But I absolutely gonna- fucking would. I'm going to lie, not even going to lie, even today's date, if I had that opportunity, would I run with it? Most likely I would. I could convince, I used to joke, because, I mean, for people who are just listening and tuning in this season, me and Carly used to work at Build-A-Bear together, and I used to joke with one of our managers all the time, I would try to get my days off exactly on the full moon, because my dumbass was like, (laughs) if I don't have these full moons off, I'm going to turn into a werewolf in the center of this store. Like, I just, and it's just like little shit like that. If I had the chance to pull off that hoax and convince someone I was a werewolf, I would fucking go for it. I told my, my sister and I played this like prank joke thing. We told like the kids in our elementary school classes that NBA superstar Chris Bosh was our uncle. I love that. And then my dad played along with it too. (laughs) And so it just kept spiraling and I hope nobody still believes it because it's very obvious that he's not my (laughs) uncle. He's not my uncle, but... But if you're you're listening from elementary school and you still think my uncle is Chris Bosch, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to all the frat bros you told that (laughs) to while you were drunk. I knew a girl whose uncle... It was Chris Bosch. <laughs> I would have done that shit. You, I mean, you affect everybody with your actions. And if I can convince someone I'm a werewolf, I will take it. And if we can convince people that we take photos fairies of are real? fairies. Yeah. Exactly. Right. To That's me, crazy. real fairies are dangerous as fuck. Like, from what I've read in ancient mythology. Right, right. That's scary. Like... <laughs> So I don't know, maybe yeah. that's another episode we can go into is not a hoax Mythical about fairies. taking pictures of fairies by the river, but uh, the mythology behind fairies. Right. Well, thank you guys for tuning back into season two. 
Uh, you can definitely find us on our Instagram, C2G Pod. Uh, if you have any suggestions, shoot us a DM or you can message us uh, on our new website. Yeah, you totally can. If you scroll all the way to the bottom past our beautiful faces, there is a little <laughs> spot where you can get in contact with us. You will, We will see all those messages. Same thing if you guys want to email us the old-fashioned way, submissions at gmail.com. But yeah, thank you guys for listening in. See you next week for another episode. Yeah!